book of Matthew. How many of you are thankful for the Holy Ghost? Amen? We're going to talk about the Holy Ghost today. Is that all right? Um, we're going to talk about it from the Word of God and see what the Bible has to say. And uh, I want us to walk together and let's believe that the Lord, by His Word, still reveals himself to us. Do you believe that? Do you believe he reveals himself to us by his word? That's what I want him to do. Um, the psalmist said his depths are unsearchable, so I want to keep digging in the scripture. I want him to keep revealing himself to me. And so Matthew chapter number 1, verse number 18. Familiar to many of us. I know it's not Christmas, but when we usually read this. But you pay particular attention to the words. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, what took place before they came together? What's the scripture say? She was found with child. Let, we'll just be very plain here, uh, but careful. I know there's still some young people in the room. Before they came together, I think we understand what that means in the scripture, all right? Before they came together and knew each other as husband and wife, before consummation of their espousal to one another. Before they came together, she was found with child. Now the question becomes, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on a minute. Who's the father? Is that a fair question? When a lady is with child and someone doesn't know, the question becomes, well, if, if that lady's with child, I have a question, who's the father? We okay? Who's the father? Well, the scripture, wonderfully, the scripture tells us who the father is, doesn't it? There's no mystery here. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Is that what the word says? We're going to walk a little slow because I want to make sure we don't miss something. And I want you to make sure that we're not adding to or taking from Scripture. We're just going to let Scripture reveal itself to us. I think it's safe to say, based on what we just exchanged here, that we can say the Holy Ghost is the father of this child. We okay so far? Okay, good. It's not going to get much more complicated than that. But the scripture wants to reveal the Lord to us. Okay, so she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Let's read a little further. Then Joseph, her husband, he was a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. What, is that, what does that mean? Well, she's with child. Joseph's not the father, but he doesn't want people going, what in the world's going on and have this strange question. So because he's a just man and respectful, he's like, okay, I'm not sure what's going on here. But I'm going to put her away over here so people aren't looking and asking her. I'm going, to I'm going to spare her any questions I can. He's probably got some questions of his own, wouldn't you say? Okay, so let's, next verse. But while he, that's Joseph, while he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And the angel said, Joseph, thou son of David, 
Don't fear to take to you Mary, your wife. Why should you not fear that, Joseph? Here's why. That which is conceived in her is what? Of the Holy Ghost. Joseph. I know you're not Joseph. You just happen to be sitting right here. Joseph, don't be worried. Don't be afraid. I'm going to tell you who the father is. I think it's fair to say Joseph was probably wondering that, wouldn't you say? Pretty fair. Okay. The angel said, Joseph, don't be concerned. Don't be afraid. That child that your spouse wife is carrying, that child conceived of the Holy Ghost, the conception, yes, conceived conception, the conception was between her and the Holy Ghost. This is what the scripture says. Joseph, the Holy Ghost, is the father of that child. Everybody okay with that? You have to be because it's what the Bible says. It's what the Bible says. See, we get in trouble. We get in trouble when we begin to put our bias on the scripture. And we, and we all do it. I, I'm not. The Lord has had to deal with me through the years and I want him to keep dealing with me through the years where I, I see something. And I think I know what the word says. And then he begins to bring more of the word to me. And I'm like, OK, hold on a minute. I misunderstood that then, because if the word says this here, but it says this here, the word can't contradict itself. And so because the word of God can't contradict itself, I, I need to dig more. Lord, you've got to help me because I want to understand what your word is telling me. Does that make sense? I really do. I pray that way still to this day. God, show me your word. Teach me your word. Teach me about you. And so, so we see this introduction, if you will, of the Holy Ghost and who the Holy Ghost is. I know oftentimes we use the word it. And the scripture does in places. Uh, but we know as we begin to go through the scripture, the Holy Ghost is not an it. The Holy Ghost is a who. Right here we see the Holy Ghost is the who it's who caused Mary to be with child. I think we can say this without taking away or adding to scripture. It is the Holy Ghost that impregnated Mary. All right. So we identify that the Holy Ghost is the father of this child. And so uh, now go with me to the book of John. I, I told you we're just going to talk about the Holy Ghost from scripture this morning. And I'm believing that the power of the Spirit of God and the Word of God, what does it do? The Word of God, when it mixes with the Spirit of God, brings revelation to us and understanding that we may not have had before or gives us deeper understanding. And I want deeper understanding about the Holy Ghost. Okay, so watch this. John chapter 14. We're not going to take the time to go through every scripture we could because you guys don't want to be here till 4 or 5 o'clock tonight. Nobody said amen. <laughs> John chapter 14. John 14 and verse number 16. Jesus is speaking here, okay? He's revealing himself. If, let's go back to verse 6 and then we'll jump to verse 16. I'm sorry, those of you that are running out back there. Jesus said to them, I am, this is Jesus, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Yes? 
He said, no man comes to the Father but how? By him. You can't get to the Father without Jesus. By him. Not with him, by him. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now watch. The disciples had a problem with that and they had a question about that. Didn't they? Let's look at the next verse. Jesus is still talking. Well, we, the question came before. The question was in verse 5. Thomas said, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Maybe you should go back to verse 5 so they can, you all know I'm not making this up. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going and how can we know the way? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. If you'd known me, verse 7 now, if you had known me, who's talking? Who's talking? Okay, good. Jesus said, if you had known me. Do you want to know him? Do you want to know him? Jesus said, if you had known me, what? You should have known my father also. Jesus is saying, hey, you can't know me and not know my father. If you'd known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, or from this time forward, because you didn't have revelation, but now I'm giving it to you. From henceforth, from now forward, what? You know him, and you don't just know him. Now what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Now what, Jesus? From now forward, you don't just know him. You've seen him. Who's he talking about? You've seen who? Who do you see? That's what he said, isn't it? Now you've seen him. Okay. We're in the word. Verse 8. Philip had questions. This is the question I was talking about. Just like some of us have questions sometimes. Philip said to him, it, wasn't a, it was a question, but he made it in the form of a statement. But he was really having questions. That's why he's making this statement. Philip said, Lord, talking to Jesus, show us the Father and it will suffice. We don't use that word too often anymore. Sufficeth us. He says, Lord, show us the Father and it will satisfy us. Is that what he said? Okay. So what did Jesus say? Verse 9. Jesus said to him, Philip, assume. Have I been so long with you, long time with you, and yet you've not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me, who's me? He that hath seen me has seen who? Whoa. Who are you making yourself out to be? These aren't my words. Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Then Jesus asked him a question. How then are you saying, show us the Father? Have I, next verse, believest thou not that I'm in the Father? And the Father is where? In me. Oh, I thought the Father was separate from me. No, I'm in him and he's in me. Jesus went on to say, he said, I and my Father are one. God is not divisible. God is not divisible. 
Now, God can manifest himself however he wants to, wherever he wants to, whenever he wants to, because he's God. But that doesn't mean we get to divide him just because he manifests himself different ways. Is this making sense? We know that God manifested himself to Moses through a burning bush. Do you believe that? We know God manifested himself to Moses through the burning bush, but that doesn't say, oh, God divided into a burning bush. It was just simply God manifesting himself. And so he says to Philip, do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words I speak to you, these aren't my words. These aren't human words. That's the man Christ Jesus speaking. These aren't human words. I don't speak to you of myself. It's the Father that dwells in me. He does the work. Okay? So you got this. So, so, so we're getting a little bit here that's being shown to us. Now, skip down to verse 16 where I started. Now, Jesus says, I'm going to pray the Father. Now, Jesus didn't automatically forget what he just said in those earlier verses. Did he? Was Jesus now confused? No. Jesus understands. Who's going to pray? The man Christ Jesus is going to pray the Father. And he will give you. Who will give you? I know this is elementary, but I want to make sure we're walking the road together. Is that okay? He, sometimes we read over this and we forget who the he is in the context. Right? Well, who was he or they or what? So he, the father, is that who he's talking about? He, the father, is going to give you what? Another comforter. Aren't you thankful for that? The father is going to give you another comforter. Why is he going to give you another comforter? So that he may abide with you, how long? Forever. Okay. Notice there's a semicolon there. That means the thought's not done. He's getting ready to further develop it. This comforter is who? Let the word speak for itself. The comforter is the spirit of truth. Notice spirit with a capital S, yes? Anytime you see spirit in your Bible with a capital S, it's speaking of the very spirit of God. Okay? So, it's, again, Jesus is saying this. The Father is going to give you another comforter, and he's going to abide with you forever. It's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth. The world can't receive. Why can't the world receive it? Because it doesn't see him. Yes. Doesn't know him. Do you remember the parts we just read over here? When Jesus said, Philip, have I been so long with you, and you haven't known me? From henceforth, he said, you shall know him and have seen him. Is that what Jesus said? Remember those verses we just read? And here, Jesus, see, he's referencing that same thought. He's saying the world can't receive him because it hasn't seen him and doesn't know him. But Jesus had just told them a few verses later. There weren't verses there, you understand. Jesus was talking to them. And he had just told them just a few moments before. He said, from now, you have seen and known him. But he said, the world can't receive because it hasn't seen and known him. But you know him. Well, who's, who's he talking about here? Who's him? We've got to think for a minute now, don't we? Because we went through a lot of hymns and days. And, okay. Him is the spirit of truth, yes. Him is the comforter. 
Right? Go back to verse 16. I'll pray the Father. He'll give you another comforter. So he's talking about the comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Next verse, 17. Even the spirit of truth, that's the comforter, the spirit of truth, the very spirit of God, capital S, whom the world can't be, right? He, still talking about the comforter, the spirit of truth, yes? He does what? He dwells with you. Now, that's not future tense, is it? That's present tense. He dwells with you. Who's dwelling with them? Not a trick question. Who's dwelling with them? Jesus is dwelling with them, yes? See, we want to complicate the word of God. We just got to read what it says. Jesus said he dwells with you. Oh, but it says he didn't stop there. And shall be what? In you. He's talking about the comforter. Yes, the spirit of truth. He said he dwells with you, but he's going to be in you. Okay. This is interesting. Let's read verse 18. I, whoa, Jesus just shifted pronouns. That's a scary thing to say in this day and time. This is not what he, Jesus is not going through an identity crisis, okay? He's not confused about who he is. He knows exactly who he is. Satan tempted him to try to get him to question who he was. But he knew who he was. He knows who he is. And so when he changed from the Father will send the Comforter, and the Comforter dwells with you but shall be in you. Yes. And then he said, I, who's talking? Jesus is talking. And Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Well, hold on a minute, Jesus. Did you just make yourself the Comforter? It sure sounds like it, doesn't it? Is that what he just did? I will come to you. I dwell with you. I shall. He dwells with you, shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So, see, even Jesus understands you can't divide God. Okay? I will come. Now, that word comfortless is an interesting word right there. Some of you know this, but just in case you don't. That word literally means... I will not leave you as orphans. Look it up in your Bible. Get your little phone and do your little app and look it up in Greek. All right. That word comfortless means as orphans. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I have a question. What makes someone an orphan? Huh? No parent, no father. No father. Jesus said, I won't leave you comfortless. I'll not leave you without a father. I will come to you. Yeah? Okay, good. Verse 25. So, so what, who... Is this comforter? Well, let's skip down to verse 25 because we don't have time to read the whole chapter as much as I'd love to. I'd love to read 14, 15, 16, but we don't have time. Verse number 25. Jesus still talking. He didn't change subjects. He's still on the same subject. These things, Jesus says, have I spoken to you, being yet present with you. Remember, he dwelleth with you. 
I'm still present with you. Jesus said, I'm telling you this while I'm with you. Now watch the next verse. But the comforter. Well, who's the comforter? We just read about the comforter a few verses. Jesus told the comforter. Who's the comforter? It's who? Who is it? Can you guys read the screen? Who is it? Which is the? Okay, good. I just want to make sure we're together. See, let the scripture interpret the scripture. The comforter that he was talking about, it's the spirit of truth, yes. The comforter is the spirit of truth. The comforter is going to dwell with you, dwells with you, but it's going to be in you. The comforter is also the Holy Ghost. So did the Holy Ghost get divided out? Okay, good. We're on the same page. Don't you love the word of God? So the comforter is the Holy Ghost, in case you're wondering. Now, we read earlier in Matthew that the Holy Ghost was the Father. We established it through the word of God. Okay. The Comforter is the Holy Ghost. And who's going to send the Comforter? The Word. Okay. Here, I'm going to give you a hint. Anytime I ask you a question and there's a scripture on the screen, I'm not setting you up. The answer is in the Word of God. Okay? In case you're going, what's he, what's he fishing for? I just want to make sure you're with me. That's all. You're like, oh, I don't know. Uh, we're supposed to decipher. No, that's what we do sometimes. And we try to figure it out and decipher it out. Let the Word talk to us. Let the Word reveal Himself to us. The Comforter is the Holy Ghost. The one that will come and not leave you as orphans is the Holy Ghost. The one that will be a father to you is the Holy Ghost. The Comforter is the Holy Ghost. Who's going to send the Comforter? The Father. Oh, but watch, but watch. Apparently, the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, that's the Father sending, is going to have a name. Yes? Okay. It's going to be sent how? Oh, who's my? Bible Comforter. Now, this is pretty messy if you divide God into parts. Because you've got to figure out how to get them all back together for this. Jesus said, I'm with you, but I'm going to be in you. Jesus said, the Father's going to send the Holy Ghost. But he said, the Holy Ghost is coming in my name. So apparently the Holy Ghost has a name. Apparently the Holy Spirit, if you want to use that word, it's Greek word is pneuma. Apparently the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost has a name. That's what Jesus said. He said, it's coming in my name. And notice, he didn't call it an it. He said, he, who's he? The Holy Ghost is what he's talking about. It's coming in his name. He shall teach you all things, and he'll bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said to you. Now, I want you to hold your hand right there if you're in your Bible. And then I want you to go over quickly. To Acts chapter 3 and verse, well, no, we'll, don't, don't do it. Just go back to where we were. We'll, we'll get there maybe. We'll see. We'll see what time we got. Now, go to chapter 15, verse 26. 
Jesus is still talking. Man put the chapters there so that we could find stuff. But if you look, this is why I said I'd read chapter 14, 15, and 16. Because it was all one conversation that Jesus was having through 14, 15, and 16. And then chapter 17, Jesus begins to pray. Chapter 17 is him praying after he's had this three-chapter dialogue with his disciples. So he's still in the same conversation. He didn't go somewhere, do some stuff, and come back. They're still having this conversation. And again, we don't have time to read all of it today, but I want you to see the thread that's here. So Jesus is still talking. They know that he's going to send the comforter. The comforter is going to be, we just read, the Father will send the comforter in my name, right? That's what we read. And now Jesus says, but when the comforter is come, who's the comforter? Holy Ghost. Sorry, that answer's not up there. You had to be listening earlier to what we read. Okay. The comforter's the Holy Ghost, yes? When the comforter, or when the Holy Ghost is come, is that okay? Not changing scripture. When the Holy Ghost is come, whom, what? Who will send? Who's I? Who's I? In this verse, who's talking? Jesus is talking, right? If you got your Bible, it's probably red letters. Well, I thought that we just read that Jesus said the Father was going to send the Comforter. Isn't that what we read? But now I'm reading Jesus is still talking. And Jesus didn't say the Father is going to send the Comforter. Jesus said he was going to send the Comforter. Is that what the Bible says? So I have a question for you. Come here, Brother Lewis, please. All right, here, turn out. Are the is is Jesus and the Father wrestling over who gets to send the Holy Ghost? No, I'm sending. No, I said I'm sending. No, I said. Is, is there an identity crisis about who's in control? Well, if you divided God into parts, there is. Because either the Father's going to send him, or either Jesus is going to send him the Son. Or else what Jesus said is true. He that hath seen me, hath seen the Father. I and my Father are one. They're not divided parts. This is why Paul in Colossians could say, in him, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you read the other verses that come before it in Colossians chapter 2, Paul said, for in him, speaking of Jesus, dwelleth all, everybody say all, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Christ Jesus bodily. This is why Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, could say, to wit that God was in Christ. He didn't say God was with Christ. He said to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. God was reconciling the world to himself. Where was he doing that from? In Christ. Still okay? 
But Jesus said, I'm going to send the comforter from the Father. Even the spirit of truth that proceeds from the Father. And he, that's the comforter, shall testify of who? Me. Who's me? Jesus. Okay. Luke 24. Remember, we're talking about the Holy Ghost. We want to know when he's revealing himself to us. Luke 24, verse number 46. Jesus is talking here again. It's important when you and I read scripture to know who's talking, to know who they're talking to. This is why I pause and say who here. Do that on your own when you're reading the Bible. Versus just reading over something and it helps us. Okay. So Jesus said to them, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer. We don't use that word behooved too much anymore. I don't use it at all to be honest except unless I'm reading. You're like, babe, it would behoove you to make us dinner tonight. I mean, you, you start finding ways to use these words, right? So, thus it is written and thus it behooved. That just means it was necessary for. It behooved Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day. All this was, Jesus is saying this. All this was necessary. It was written and it was necessary. Why is it necessary, verse 47, that repentance... And remission of sin should be preached. How should it be preached? His name. Whose name? Okay, good. We know the name. In his name among all nations. But it should start at Jerusalem. Verse, next verse. And you, he's talking to these men. You're witnesses of these things. Next verse. And behold. Who's talking? Jesus. I send. Who's sending? Jesus. What is he sending? What's the promise what? I send the promise of my Father upon you. So he told us in John 14 that the Father was going to send it. But he told us in John 15, and he's telling us in Luke, that he's going to send it. So, either Jesus is making himself the Father, or he's confused about who he is. Or he's revealing to us what he says in other places in scripture. I and my father are one. See, it's so subtle when we start dividing God into multiplicity of persons. Because then we struggle to know him. Now watch. Notice, he did not say, I send the promise from my Father upon you. Yes? He said, I send the promise what? Of my Father. Now, can you guys all see this okay? You see what's on it okay? In my Bible and this little notepad. Now, if I say to you, I trip myself. If I say to you, I'm going to give you a gift from the podium. Is that okay? What might you expect to receive? Might expect to receive this Bible. 
I'm not giving it to you. I'm just saying if I say it. If was the key word there. Or you might expect to receive this, yes. But now what if I said to you, I'm giving you the gift of the podium. Now what do you expect to receive? Huh? Ah, you expect to receive all of it, don't you? You expect to receive the podium and all that comes with it, don't you? You see the difference between from and of? Isn't it something how we skip right over that when we read the word of God? He did not say, I'm sending you the promise from the Father. He said, I'm sending you the promise of my Father. Some of you are getting revelation right now, aren't you? The Holy Ghost, you don't get a part of Jesus. You don't get a part of the Father. You get the promise of the Father. I dwell with you, but I shall be in you. You're not getting something from me. You're getting the promise of the Father. I'm not shouting you guys up here. Mm, hallelujah. So we need to see and know this. Talking about the Holy Ghost. Well, we know the promise of the Father is the Holy Ghost. Because we already, t- and just in case you didn't get that from what we've read already, we're going to just read a, a few more verses before we finish. And you'll see this promise of the Father is the Holy Ghost. Well, we would really struggle with that if we didn't have other scripture that shows us, which we read in Matthew, it's why we started there, that we can see the Holy Ghost being the Father. Because that which was conceived in Mary was of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the, you know, we use the term Holy Ghost because that's what's in the King James. I, I agree with that. You can also use the word, like I said, some say Holy Spirit. I, I don't mind which one you use. We're talking about the same thing. It's a spirit. There is only one, the writer of Hebrews said it this way. He said of Jesus Christ, he is the express image Of the invisible God. You ever heard that before? Said Christ is the express. That word express means only. If you look it up and study it. The express image or the only image of the invisible God is Jesus Christ. When you and I get to heaven. I'm trusting I'm going and I'm. Believing that we're all going to receive and obey the word and we're going to receive of his spirit and walk in his grace and we're going to be saved by grace through faith and we'll be there. There's going to be a throne in heaven. Did you know that? It's actually going to be in the temple. There's a throne in heaven. How many thrones are there going to be? How many? One. How many are going to be sitting on the throne? One. Why? God can't be divided. And when we get there, we're going to see him as he is. That's beautiful. That's what we get here and we see. So he says, I'm sending the promise of my father upon you. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Fast forward, Acts chapter 1. Luke's still writing. He went from Luke 24 to Acts chapter 1. Same writer. This is why he starts Acts chapter 1, verse 1, which he said, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. The treatise is a letter. He's just simply saying the former letter that I wrote to you, Theophilus. He's pointing back to the book of Luke that he wrote. And now he's writing the book of Acts. 
So, so this is the next letter. He's continuing the thought. And he sort of picks up, he overlaps a little bit with what he said in Luke 24. It's like when you get a second series in a book, you got two, maybe you got a series and you go to the second book and it starts out with the first chapter telling you stuff you already knew from the last book, but it just wants to make sure you didn't miss anything, so you pick right up. That's what Luke is doing in Acts chapter 1. He repeats some of this stuff. Okay? Skip down to verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power. This is Jesus talking. He just, we just read in Luke 24, go to Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued, right? You're going to receive the promise of my father, but tarry in Jerusalem until you receive, be endued with power from on high. Luke is sort of picking up that same, con- but after, but you shall receive power after what? The Holy Ghost, that's the comfort, that's him dwelling in you. That's the promise of my father. You receive power after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Praise God. Fast forward. Acts chapter number 2. Verse number 1. Remember, we're talking about the Holy Ghost today. I want the, Holy, I want the Comforter. The Comforter is the Spirit of truth. It leads and guides into all truth. I need the gift of the Holy Ghost. I need the promise of the Father. I want Him in my life abiding and living there. I don't want Him to just dwell with. I want Him to dwell in. Amen? And so... When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Next verse, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. I slow down. The interpreter's killing me back, ready to kill me back there. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. This is an interesting phenomenon, isn't it? So, verse 4, what happened? They were all filled with what? Ah. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The promise of the Father. I dwell with you. Shall be in you. Jesus said, No, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, is coming. He'll remind you of all these things I've said to you. It's what we read in John 14. When the Comforter comes, which is the Holy Ghost, you won't remember that. You'll remember all the stuff I said to you. Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as what? Spirit, capital S, lowercase s. Capital S. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. What does that mean? Gave them words. They didn't learn to do that. It wasn't something they tried to produce and work up. When they were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the indwelling Spirit of God that came and dwelt within gave them utterance. That's what the Word says. They received the promise of the Father. They received the gift of the Comforter, the Holy Ghost. Four things. Acts chapter 
Well, just go down to verse 38 real quick, and then we'll go to Acts 3. I'm almost done. So there's people who heard them speaking in tongues. Like, what in the world's going on? These men are drunk, and it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. That's what they said. Well, we didn't read all those verses, but that's what they said. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. These men are drunk. Peter did not disagree. In fact, the other 11 would stand in with him. He didn't disagree. He said, they're not drunk like you think. He didn't say they weren't drunk. He knew it was new wine. Read the Old Testament study about new wine. We know that was prophetic of the Spirit of God coming and dwelling in man. New wine. That's why he could say they're not drunk as you suppose. He wasn't denying that they'd been drinking some wine. But it wasn't physical. It was spiritual. It was the new wine that was given. Okay. Now, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall what? What are you going to receive? The gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, do you remember what we read in Luke 24? Jesus said, repentance and remission of sins should be preached in my name, and it should begin at Jerusalem. But he said something right before he said that. He said, I send the promise of my Father and repentance and remission. Right? All right there together. So here we see the fulfillment of what Jesus said in Luke 24. We see the promise of the Father being given. Peter saying, hey, those of you that didn't yet receive it, but you're here listening and wondering what's going on, I'm going to tell you, you can enjoy receiving this promise of the Father, the gift of the Holy Ghost just like them. If you'll repent, Jesus told him to preach repentance. If you'll repent... And if you'll be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, Jesus said, you got to preach remission of sins in my name. So Peter preached baptism for the remission of sins in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He just agreed with everything Jesus said in Luke 24. Acts chapter 3, verse 20. Just this in one other place. Acts 3 and 20. Or 19. Preaching again. He's preaching again. You know, when the Lord tells you to say something, just say it and keep saying it until he tells you something else to say. Peter just stuck to the message. Peter says, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. That's remission of sins. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Next verse. And he, who's he? The Lord. That's who he was talking about, right? He, the Lord, from the verse before. He shall send. Who shall he send? Jesus Christ, which before was preached to you. So, what Peter just said. He's going to send Jesus Christ. So is Jesus Christ, then, what's he talking about here? What's he talking about? Is, is Jesus going to come back in bodily form to them? He's not talking about the second coming of the Lord here. He's talking about the gift of the Holy Ghost. But remember when Jesus said, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, the Father will send in my name? Peter Peter wasn't confused in Acts 2 saying you'll receive the Holy Ghost. And then here in Acts 3, he, oh, I forgot. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. It was going to be Jesus Christ the Son. He was sending, oh, it was the Holy Ghost in Acts 2, but in Acts chapter 3, he's sending the Son. 
You with me? The Holy Ghost, the Comforter, in my name, Spirit of Truth. It's not these divisible parts of God. It is the Spirit of God. This is why the Scripture could say later with great witness, great, great was upon them all, with great witness they gave, or they gave witness to his resurrection. What do they mean? Some of you heard this, but you need to hear it again. They didn't go around going, Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive. I want to give you witness, Jesus is alive. Hey, Jesus is alive. Did you know Jesus is alive? That's not what it means. No. The promise of the Father, the gift of the Holy Ghost, the indwelling Jesus Christ was in them. The Spirit of God dwelt in them. And their lives gave witness. He might have been dead, but now he's alive. Their lives gave witness. What's happening, what's operating through their lives is not their own ability. It is the Spirit of God living within them manifest to the world. Their lives gave witness. Jesus Christ dwelt in them. The Holy Ghost dwelt in them. You believe that? You believe they had two persons dwelling in them? The Spirit of the Living One. Well, but it was the promise of the Father. So did they have the Father in them and the Son in them and the Spirit in them? Yes. Did they have three persons dwelling inside of them? That's why we got to be careful when we dare. Because now we're beginning to doubt. Are you listening, Son of God? When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you receive the indwelling Spirit of God, the Spirit, the promise of the Father, the Spirit that dwelt in Christ. Paul said, if it dwells in you, it will also quicken your mortal bodies or to make your body alive. Last place. Acts chapter 8. Stand with me today, please. We read it in John 14, or uh, Romans 8, please. I think I said Acts 8, but I meant Romans. Romans 8. We read it in John 14. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. Yes, I will come to you. I will not leave you, Jesus said, as orphans. I will come to you. Verse 14. For as many... As are led by the Spirit of God. Capital S. Here it doesn't matter that we need, we don't even have to go, oh yeah, it's capital. He's very clear. It's the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. You know, we could also say as many as are led by the Holy Ghost or as many as are led by the Holy Spirit and not be changing what the word says. You with me? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Oh, hold on a minute. If I'm a son, huh? 
I'm a son, I have a father. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Next verse. For you, everybody say, I. That's who he's talking about. You have not received the spirit of bondage. Notice that's a lowercase s. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But what have you received? You have received the spirit, capital S, the very spirit of God. You have received the spirit of adoption. I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You have received the spirit of adoption. When you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, it is the spirit of adoption. It is that which takes you and I who were lost and dead in sin. Satan was our father that wanted to hold us in bondage. But he, when he fills us with his spirit, has not called us to the spirit of bondage anymore. But we receive the spirit of adoption. And when we receive it, what do we do? We cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16. The spirit, capital S. Itself bears witness with our spirit, that's your human spirit, that what? We are the children of God. Sister Senia, spiritually, I was dead in my sin. I had no spiritual son in the relationship. But he found me. He died and shed his blood. And so I sought to apply the gospel through faith by the grace of God, not by my own doing. By the grace of God, I repented. The love of God drew me to an altar of repentance. I repented of my sins. I was buried in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I was buried with Christ through baptism. Romans 6, that comes before Romans 8. You have to read all of it. We don't have time. I was buried with Christ through baptism. Why? So I could stay buried? Oh, no. So I could walk in newness of life. I can get a new life. How? I got adopted. I got adopted. He filled me with his spirit. It was the beginning of a new life. You take a child that is an orphan. And love reaches to them and says, I don't want you to be fatherless. Not only am I going to take you out of that situation you're in. That feels like bondage and no place of belonging. I'm going to take you out of that place. And I'm going to bring you into my own. not talking about heaven. Read the whole chapter and you'll understand it can't be talking about heaven. I mean, some of you think it's talking about heaven. We're still reading. It can't be because what we just, it's the beginning of John 14. He said, in my father's house are many rooms. There's place for you.
and stay where you are. Verse 16. You keep going. We're going to be here another hour, so we've got to stop. He said, I'm going to take you from a place where you have no belonging. I'm going to adopt you to myself. You'll have a place to live. You can live and abide with me. And when I do that, I'm going to change your name. Because when I adopt you, I put my name on you. Yes? This is why baptism in the name of Jesus Christ matters. Putting his name on you. So I'm putting my name on you. And so now, you're no longer an orphan. You're a son. How do you know you're a son? Because you have the spirit simply an endearing term for father. It's not formal. It speaks of a relationship of depth. My daughter's 26 years old now, I think. I don't want to admit that. That's why I said I think. I know how old she is. She doesn't call me daddy as much anymore. It's a little rough on me, Sister Mary. I thought, oh, man, I don't care if, I don't care if she does that for her whole life. I'm not trying to put pressure on her. But every once in a while, <laughs> but every once in a while, she's like, yeah, Dad. Now, I know our relationship hasn't waned. It's just seasons of life. But that, and I'm not one that goes around praying, oh, Daddy God. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, there's a reverence thing for me a little bit. Of, he's, my, he's my father. And if you've done that or you heard that, I'm not knocking somebody. You understand. I just there's a, there's a reverence for me. But this Abba, I've prayed Abba, Father. This Abba is an endearment. It speaks of a relationship that's more than just he's on a throne and I'm on the earth. He's near and he's close. He dwells and abides. I'm his son. And I know this because I have the spirit of adoption. The promise of the Father is here. The Holy Ghost is here. Would you talk to the Lord with me right now before we go today? Hallelujah. Thank you for your promise to us, Lord. Thank you for the revealing of yourself to us, Lord. We receive of your word today, Father. I pray let the living word of God stir in our hearts and in our spirit. Let the anointing of the Lord be upon our ears and our minds and our hearts that we know you as you desire to be known. By your word, you reveal yourself to us. You have purchased us with your own blood. You have adopted us. You have given us a way to be adopted into your family, into the body of Christ. I thank you today for the gift of the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the gift of your indwelling spirit. I pray that every life in this room would come to know what it is to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Your indwelling spirit, that spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, that it would be known certainly that you, the Comforter, are ever with us. There's nowhere we go that you are not when we are filled with your Spirit, Lord. 
I thank you today. I worship you, Lord. I pray the opening of understanding and revelation in our hearts, souls, and minds that you use us according to your will and purpose in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. It's his desire to fill every life with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's his desire to fill every life with the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is what we didn't read it, but Acts 2.39, after Peter said, Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39, he said, For the promise, here he called it a promise, promise of the Father. He knew what he was talking about. He said, The promise is to you, it's to your children, and it's to them that are afar off. If you read and study that, he was speaking generationally. It was promises. It wasn't just for the book of Acts. As many as the Lord our God shall call. And he's still calling you. Now we can live as servants or we can live as sons. I want to be a son of Jesus. May the spirit of adoption work in my life. Jesus in your Jesus, in your name, I pray every heart in this room today. I pray every life here under the sound of this voice. I pray, Lord, that the beckoning of the word and the spirit of God would accomplish in every life what you intend. That every life would be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost according to in agreement with the word of God. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen.